0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Pop Law. I am your host Desiree. And I'm Tyrone. And are not, not your, your attorneys. attorneys, Tyrone. Not sick anymore. He just still listen, trying to sound sexy hear, on the mic. Y'all hear y'all that?
1: Listen, that is my natural, <laughs> smooth, sexy vocals. <laughs> and y'all can be mad about it if you want.
0: Okay, Tyrone, <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. But you guys, we have a very, very special episode. We have brought back basically our third co-host for the <laughs> Firefest episode. I'm gonna tell you,
1: like. This is going to be special for not only the fact that if we're talking about one who's one of the, one of the originators of Fire Festival, um, the legacy on the show with us, but he's also going to be our first return guest.
0: And he was our first guest in general. Yeah. yeah. So
1: our first guest, our first return guest. So he's just breaking all types of pop law records today. <laughs> um, but if I you don't it. know, I'm going to give you his background before I say his name, just in case you can guess who it is. So this person is an entertainment and an insurance attorney. He has his own private practice representing artists and most importantly, also working for Punk Music Festival. He's also a public speaker and member of the Entertainment Committee for the New York City Bar Association. He also is a graduate of the Norman Adrian Wiggins School of Law at Campbell University and received his undergraduate from the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill If you have not guessed who this is by now You are not a real <laughs> fan We're so happy to welcome back Mr. Gerard, Gerard Anthony.
2: Anthony Guess who's Buzak <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you Happy to be so here So we're buddy.
1: actually so excited that he could be here Because he stays booked and busy apparently All right. <laughs> uh, We'll get into what he's booked doing later in the show But we're happy we can get him here in Brooklyn, he's in town we're going to talk about the thing that the gift that keeps on giving, and we're not talking about chlamydia. <laughs>
0: oh Lord. no, no, we're we're definitely not talking about that. Um, but maybe similar fire festival. <laughs> it was so no pun intended. right on our last episode, we gave you a little update and let you know that Mr. Billy McFarlane was facing 20 years in jail, and he would be sentenced soon. Well. Uh, Billy got six years in federal prison, not the 20 that we thought.
1: Yeah, and I was not super
0: happy about that. <laughs> what was your reaction, Gerard? Like, first reaction, because we text about Fire Festival
2: offline oh. all the time. So tell the people what you thought. So, my initial reaction was one. I couldn't believe how just emotionally invested I was into someone <laughs> else getting sentenced. Like I literally had to step back and like, why are you so invested into this? But I think it was because I know we had been, you know, sharing all the stories and the lead up time to it. Mm-hmm. And then I I I think the thing that was most surprising was the fact that in addition to him pleading guilty while mm. he was out on bail, he was he also was behind another scam right. that he had to plead guilty yes. for. And if you listen to the judge's uh, statement during the sentencing, she says that he was, I think that that was like the first time in court that someone else had been arraigned on additional charges while they were out on bail. Yeah. And I just thought it was interesting that the judge brought up that, but then also at the same time gave him mm-hmm. a, a pretty like light sentence right. for what he was looking at. Um, but I will say that He has that I think a forfeiture of maybe like twenty something million dollars in addition to probably the the uh, the lawsuits that they're facing. So from from just a pure pure monetary standpoint, that's a pretty significant setback.
1: Yes, and
2: I'm not sure
1: if we got a clear picture of what his assets were when all of this laid out. Because to be quite honest. If he was committing all of this fraud, yeah. it's because most likely he didn't have the money he to right. pay these bills. Uh, so it's like you have the forfeiture, and you have all of like he yeah. the um, the civil lawsuit, the two Correct. people mm-hmm. who sued him. Right. Um, they, I think he, they won that the suit. Two, they did, and that was for five million dollars. Yep. I don't understand what two he's of
0: the to, many lawsuits. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Facing, yeah.
1: Yes, I don't understand what he's going to pay those with the judgments. He with he needs
0: to go played a lotto like we need to go play the lotto and Listen, try to get this one point, six I'm billy, point you know? Going, yeah.
1: with my mindset on getting up out of here <laughs> <laughs> i was like peace out united states yeah, because yeah. i'm gonna take this money
0: yeah but um back to billy i definitely think draw what you're saying about the sentencing was very interesting you're igno- the judge is yeah. acknowledging that he is arraigned and charged with more fraud and you Correct. still sentenced him only to six years. I didn't think that he would get the 20 based off no. of, you know, just right. the ways of the world. Right. Um, but I was expecting at minimum 10. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, it's that it, it just seems so egregious right. because it wasn't like he went out and committed different crimes. Right. And that time, he was out on bail. Right. He pretty much went back and did the exact same thing yep. that Correct. he was currently in um, jail for. And so, for again, for the judge to recognize that and then not... Again, there is a lot to be said about criminal justice reform and appropriate sentencing and maximum minimum, all that type of stuff. So it's not like we just want everyone who commits a crime to go to jail as long as possible. That's not it. But it also is like you need to keep things fair and you have to... Taking consideration someone's total history, right, and man. we don't even need to go back farther than two years in time right. to get a good sense of his
0: history. Well, right. maybe the <laughs> judge believed his attorneys that he was suffering from mental illness. Listen, <laughs> you know, like we said last. Uh, Week hit or last episode, he suffered from bipolar disorders, mood disorders, ADHD, uh, alcohol abuse. He had delusions Um, of grandeur. Right. He had trouble sleeping. What, Gerard, what were your thoughts when you heard all of these excuses given by his attorneys?
2: I think, you know, they were. I think that was a Hail Mary. And they, yeah. you know, they they knew that they were really up against, um, you know, had their back up against the wall. I thought that the prosecutors, you know, their response to that was basically, you know, why wasn't this mentioned at his initial when he pled guilty the first time? Gerard, kind of it was a that.
1: modern day insanity. <laughs> it's like in this social climate, you can't say just I'm insane. But right. what you can do is, you know, people are sensitive right. to mental disorders and disabilities. Right. And so... For them to even like, you know, break it down to all of these different categories of the things that affected him. It was like, wait a second, you have this exquisite expert map of who he is in his brain now that you sort of kind of forgot to lay out in the first instance when we went to trial. Yeah, that's what you said. It seemed like. What are you doing, Sis? We're yes. literally almost at like the sentencing phase of this, and now you want to talk about this, right? So I absolutely agree with you. It was just like, how could you even think that this was going to be considered in a favorable light for you? Yeah. At this point
0: of the, because I mean, well, this, expound, Gerard. because yeah. Clearly, it was
2: um, <laughs> it, the hail Mary worked, right? Yeah. Yeah the hail, the hail Mary definitely worked, and what I think most importantly from his sentencing. Is that you understand the power of a judge yeah. and how the judge can look at someone's life and determine whether or not, like, is this person redeemable? Can this person come back from this? Because uh, I just use as an example, uh, Mark Garrigos, uh, popular entertainment attorney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, criminal defense stuff like that. He's also representing uh, Kaepernick. One of the attorneys at his firm filed one of the class action lawsuits against Fire Festival. And so he was on the podcast I believe last week and he was talking about how he was talking about they were getting a reaction to the sentence. Yeah. And their reaction was pretty much that like 6 is pretty tough. I mean, any time is tough, right? Yeah. But that 6 is that 6 is pretty tough and I was I'm listening thinking to myself like, man, that seems pretty light. I'm surprised that they yeah. that they that that was their perspective, but I think also that maybe Billy and just what he had achieved, even you know this thing like blowing up, yeah. is that the judge was able to see that, you know he's got family supporting him. he had all these friends and you know supporters in the uh, in the courtroom that maybe there's some value in in his life as far as him being able to turn things around and be redeemable. yeah, and so you get six, whereas maybe someone who may or may not look like Billy, maybe you're getting fifteen or yeah. maybe you're getting t- maybe you're getting twenty. So the judge has a lot of latitude in how they how they view um, a particular defendant and how how they can kind of alter the trajectory of what someone is facing, even though, you know, like I said, we're all thinking 10 to 20. Yeah. Yeah. Judge has a discretion to go under that under the 10. And I
0: think for me, if you have that value of life, okay, that the judge consider to maybe reduce the sentence that would have all gone out the window when you did the same thing exactly. yes. while you were 100%. out on bail. So obviously reform is not going to help you. You have something wrong with you. Yes. I don't know if it's these disorders, but right. you know, something needs to happen. You need to do some time punishment. We know that you're probably never going to pay back this money. You go right. file bankruptcy, something else. I don't know. Yeah. But obviously there's something wrong that requires more than six years because If somebody can get 20 years or life sentences for selling drugs and they're not scamming people, then you deserve to get a similar sentence or a harsher sentence more than six years because your behavior has not changed. You done that while you were out on
1: bail. And this is also pretty interesting. I found um, that I found interesting rather was that. So I knew someone was going to make some type of documentary yep. or something uh, about this. Yeah. So apparently they're doing a Hulu series about mm-hmm. this. Um, her name is Jenny First, Jenna or Jenner First, and she actually interviewed Billy over the course of all of this unfolding after Firefest sort of didn't work out. And you actually sort of get a, get a get a little bit of a glimpse into the person he was prior to this, and the fact that maybe some of this information was presented to the judge right. to factor into the decision for the sentencing. Right. So apparently he's, Bill is actually really smart mm-hmm. and he was programming in middle school. And by the time he got to college, he had sold to internet companies and he went to school debt free. Um, he went to Bucknell, if anyone mm-hmm. knows where yep. that is in Pennsylvania. Um, he went to Bucknell and Pretty much paid for his own college because of selling these companies. And the documentarian said that the reason that he sort of may have thought that he could do this festival, regardless of all of the obstacles that he ended up encountering, was that he hadn't experienced failure prior to this, right. nor had he experienced no, which I mean, there's multiple levels of privilege there as a white male <laughs> right. Um, right. who comes from, a, I don't know his family's background but right. apparently he had enough money from all of the business ventures and stuff to where he probably felt undefeatable right. once he got to the fire festival phase and so I think again I don't know how much of this was presented to the judge but right. I think maybe his I'm lack sure of was. prior criminal sure past yeah. obviously that had factored into it but just the fact that it was like oh this kid is smart he just Bit off more than he can chew. Right. You know, I think a lot of factors went into the sentencing for him. Right. And regardless of how much time he gets or got, rather, first day of being in prison is going to affect him and it's going right. to change I his life. I hope so,
0: um, but yeah. he should do more time. So when you, Gerard, when you saw the NYC VIP access thing, what, what did you think?
2: You know, that he, he's this is what he does. You know, he's he's <laughs> you know he's a, he, you know, he's a, he's a scammer. And uh, you know, I think this story is like a larger conversation about how we view w- white collar crime. Yeah. Oh even you going Damn. into, his, even ancient. you going into his background and saying that, oh, you know, he you went to Bucknell, he mm-hmm. like sold these companies, and that's what also what I got from the other podcast that I just was mentioning is that you know they're looking at the six, like, oh man, he's got a, like a heavy sentence. It's almost like, well, you look at the kid. Who you know has had you know all the advantages and the opportunities and and he's and he's done well. When that person messes up, you're just like, oh, well, this is just a blip on the screen. we yeah. exactly. just got to course correct, and they'll get back to it. Whereas the person you know, like someone like LeBron's background, you know, comes mm-hmm. from single parent home, mm-hmm. lived, in a, lived in the projects. Like the system treats them as like, oh, we expect you to mess up. Yeah. So if we're gonna come down harder on you. It's not really as big of a deal because you were probably gonna end up here and you're probably gonna end up here anyway. Exactly. And I think that I think I think that's kind of the difference in the perspective that we see. And like I said, I don't really know the background of of the judge and if all that went into it. But yeah. My question would be if if uh if Billy hadn't done you know, hadn't been continuing that scam and you know, uh committed committed those crimes while he was out on bail. Does he still get six or does he get three now? And because I guess my question is wrong. Does he get did he get did you give him anything extra because, you know, you acknowledge that he committed these crimes while he was on bail after he had already, you know, pleaded guilty pleaded guilty to the other stuff? Cause it's like, okay, well, if you know he's getting six for that, and if he didn't do that, then does he get maybe four or five now? Yeah, I think so, that's a
0: great, great, great point to bring up. What would have happened to him if he didn't have that other scam? And I'm curious to see, you know, of course, this is going to be the gift that keeps on giving will follow once he's released. I sure I'm sure his life won't be hard like the rest of, you know, people who don't look like him once they get out of jail on are convicted felons. Like you said, he is smart enough and has a connection to go on ahead and make different types of companies and do different types of things.
2: Um, I can definitely see the fail, the fail up coming. Like how people referencing like, oh, this person failed up because the fact that they're even doing that documentary Documentary, and like you see the interest in it. I could totally see him coming out and then people wanting to talk about. The festival, his experience, like everything yeah. that he went through. Everyone doesn't get afforded that opportunity. I'm sure they'll so.
0: probably get some life rights on this and he'll get some money from that and yeah, so I don't think there will
2: be an actual
1: Fire Festival after all said and done, to be oh, quite yeah. honest. We oh. go
0: start Fire Festival. So we have
2: the means. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: have the resource. We Let have the knowledge. To PCL. be clear though,
2: and Maybe this, I don't know what the next, if this is a segue or not, but like Ja Rule talked about it when he was on the podcast for Noriega. And he was like, the idea behind it was fantastic. And I agree. The idea behind it, like even seeing the video, I was like, oh man, this is great. The promotional video. So I I completely got what they were going for. And the fact that people were willing to shell out thousands of dollars to go, I think it shows that other people got it too. And there was value behind it. It was just the execution was, was horrible. We've gotten to this like,
1: this moment in, I guess, culture and popular culture where festivals really are centerpieces for how people, like, they determine their social life at this point. Like, people build their whole life around going to Coachella socially. Mm -hmm. And so they will make sure that they have their $5,000 put away for Coachella or whatever the big festival is that they don't want to go to. And so I think Mm -hmm. there is room for, like, entry into this market if you know how to do it correctly because, you know, we just saw, like, Afropunk. Afropunk wasn't really a thing, like, six, seven years ago. It was, like, you know, very New York City regional, but, like, Afropunk is, like, a destination event; people yeah. travel to come to, to this now, yeah. and that is yeah. what a lot of the festivals are building into now. Is because there is a market to you know for live music because they become think these big cultural events where you have multiple artists, and a lot of times. And there's a theme so right. yeah, it's like similar types of artists that you like and yeah you're paying like a couple hundred dollars for your weekend but thousands
0: pass. i definitely wanted to be yeah. luxury what Firefest was trying to do and i think dry you brought up a good point about the ja roll um interview mm-hmm. one thing i found interesting he said he's not ashamed of it because it's his idea but you know he said never give somebody the keys to your car he it did. was his idea, okay, yeah. we know ideas not necessarily copyrightable, but, you know, he had this great idea, and no one knew it was his idea until right. something went, went wrong. Yeah. And then it's like, bring Ja Rule into it. Ja Rule has messed up this thing. I think in the forefront, when Firefest first went downhill, we saw Ja Rule, Ja Rule. We didn't really see Billy McFarlane until yeah. you start right. get, digging deeper into the investigation and all the money that was taken. Then you start seeing Billy, so... Right. I don't know. Does anyone have an update or any idea like where Ja Rule stands now? I know he was dismissed from a lot of lawsuits. He, right, was, dismissed, he okay. was dismissed
2: from a couple of... He's not part of the criminal complaint. Mm. He was dismissed from a couple of the lawsuits. I'm not sure if he was dismissed from all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm sure he would He would like to be. But yeah. there may be some other ones out there where he's still um, on the hook. And you know, obviously, you know, with those type of lawsuits, they're going for the deepest pockets, anyone else who was potentially involved. Um, so... And it's, it may maybe difficult to get out of all of those. It's interesting because I
1: don't even think that and the people who've been covering, you know, Billy McFarland's trial have really even mentioned Ja Rule in the, right. in the same yeah, article. Yeah, I haven't seen the publication yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's always been a separate sort of yeah. like someone has to intentionally go up go right. and follow up on Ja Rule to right. see like what's the disposition of any legal actions taken against him. So right. I really think like it may have just been straight up his idea, right. and they had a chance encounter, and he met up with him. Was like, I want to do this, and Billy was probably like, I can make
2: it, I happen. can make it right. happen, I got this yeah. money,
0: and yeah. you know, kind of probably sold him a dream on it, yeah. right?
2: Right. Which I completely understand, because usually that's like, there's someone who's more the creative, maybe the type B person, and then there's someone who's the type A, who's usually more the person like, oh, we can execute. Here's the plan. Here's how we get it done. So I understand how the marriage would come together. Right. And but-
1: that's to sleep on ja Rule. ja Rule. he also, he has industry connections. Yeah. So I I, want, I don't want to say like Ja Rule didn't bring anything to equation because yeah. I don't think Billy even had any foray into the entertainment world prior yeah. to this. So right. Ja Rule probably did have the connections for like managers and agents and stuff. Well,
0: I'm so, going to yeah. say right now, bring Ja Rule to Afro Punk Jerome. <laughs> because you know, Jerome ja Rule, he has timeless music. You know, he you does. hear living it up. You you be having a good He's old time. He, he has <laughs> these classics. I don't know. That just made me think of um the show with Ashanti. It was canceled because they only back too. Well, not really, because this show was just cancelled. It <laughs> only really. sold twenty five tickets.
2: Oh but yeah, I just Shanti we do. Here. She
0: has classic music, so yes, Ja Rule Ashanti. Put, I'm putting it out you there. Y'all need Ja-rul to be at Afro you know. pun. But- I definitely
2: have a soft spot for. Uh, <laughs> I definitely have a soft spot for Rule because it's. He, I think he has one of the more interesting, just like career arcs and just yeah. stories and music because, having explained to people who are probably like younger than us, like how big he was and just you know his whole camp. Yeah, and Irv they, and Ashanti just absolutely yeah. dominating the radio. Mm-hmm. But it then Jay Z and Beyonce
1: is that, like, they weren't together, but like that's the effect they had on. Yeah, the they visit. were no, they were
2: they were they were huge, and then just post Fifty Cent, and then just the complete kind of like obliteration yeah. of a lot of his legacy. I think kind of gets, and he's also basically. I mean, the Fire Festival didn't help, but he's also kind of become a little bit of a punchline. Yeah, and I'm just like. I mean, like I said, the fire, the, he the, he was a punchline before a fire, but this certainly didn't help. But I just think that um, a lot kind of gets lost in that, man, d- this guy has, like, hits for days. Day. days. Oh, and
1: also, um, like I said, he had the connections mm-hmm. for, like, the agents and probably yeah. managers and stuff. But um, maybe also to some of these influencers that got involved as well. Like, you right. know, the big Jenners and stuff, he Jenner- probably ran in that circle Models. and was able to, you know, get Billy a little bit more social cash cachet, cachet than he had if Billy tried to go into those talks to get bring them on board beforehand and that is one I guess loose end that I would like to see someone follow up on because I'm not an entertainment reporter like that Right, but you know there was that whole um the influencers and like potential FT- FTC violations Promoting and them. promotions yeah. and how much did any of those people and the Jenner's and whoever did they know about right. none of this stuff being real because they, apparently they did fly down to the Bahamas and they, they, shot, did. they, shot, a promotion. they, they shot shot promo yep. videos and stuff and it's like. Did you actually see the pieces of the festival put together yeah. or, like, you know, they what? probably
0: had them off somewhere else, making it look exactly. really nice? In so, the oh, and the artists, the artists who had shipped their equipment and stuff out there and right. instruments. Um, I remember that being an issue as well. So they probably had that covered by insurance yeah if it was Lloyd's of london i don't know if they got the payout usually, we talk about them all the, the time their,
2: their, yeah the musical equipment or mm-hmm. like the backline is going to be covered one way or the other yeah. so either the the promoter is is pro- providing those things and it's covered under their policy or the artist is shipping their shipping stuff mm-hmm. and they have a policy that's going to cover um their equipment as well to the promoters i mean to the um to the the influencers yeah. the social media influencers I'm pretty sure that as soon as they saw this thing going belly up, whoever their representation was or, you know, whether it's their attorney or manager mm-hmm. is making it very clear that like, they're not involved in the planning of this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because and I think that was the way to distinguish it. And I'm sure that was pretty much Ja Rule's argument at the same way. It was at the same time as like, you know, I'm part of the, the, the creative side of this yeah. and the idea behind it, but not actual like the engine behind it mm-hmm. as far as like, you know, raising money and capital and things that things of that nature so i'm sure immediately they were trying to distinguish themselves but it's a learning lesson to everyone that you really have to do your due diligence before yeah. you put your, before you're going to get out there and really promote anything
1: and then i guess the last piece of all of this is for the people who paid money to go to this event that sort of fell apart yeah. while they were there yeah. like not only are they getting their money back for the tickets but are they being reimbursed for like any, like I remember, there was the one story about the people who were like stuck on the island right. on the plane, yeah. and they just like couldn't leave. Yeah. So there, you know, we, there was the one civil lawsuit with the two um, festival goers, and right. they were covered. But like, I'm sure that doesn't cover no, for everyone. Of everyone the other else, yeah, yeah. thousands travel of expenses. people and travel expenses. So right. this was just like a cluster in all regards, to be quite yeah. honest, and. I think it's great that we got the person who was yeah. the architect and he's sort of being held accountable, yeah. but there's still some loose ends out there that I think people still need to be made whole right. for yeah. what went down.
0: So I think there'll be continuous updates, probably not as many, but you know, we need to be in this documentary. So we go <laughs> hit up this yeah. Jenner, all What's, three of us. I would
2: love to speak to the, uh, speak to the attorney. Cause I was yeah. um, just through network and I forget, um, sure it was a guy I forget his name but um someone told me she was like oh you know you're in the space I actually know such and such attorney and she goes actually he was the attorney that dealt with the whole fire festival Fest, and yeah. I would just love to know from a legal perspective yeah mm-hmm. what was going through his mind as he was just seeing this thing like Unfold. fall apart because yeah. usually the attorney has like a pretty good front row seat of like what's going on because yeah, um, it's all contract based
1: so exactly nothing's really moving forward without these contracts so. right who checks
2: Ingham.
0: Well, you know, earlier we spoke about um, the fire festival being Ja Rules' idea and the name, and we brought up Coachella a little bit. So I wanted to bring up this Coachella trademark lawsuit. I think it's a little bit interesting, and we're in this festival type space. So mm-hmm. in August 2017, the founders of Coachella sued. The film cella founder Trevor Sims claiming that it has exclusive use of the term cella for festivals, even though the word cella is the name where uh, coachella is coachella valley yeah
1: it's an, it's an actual place right.
0: so last fall the court denied coachella's motion for summary judgment on the issue of trademark infringement liability and entered a preliminary injunction that barred sam's from using femchella or femchilla I thought that was pretty interesting since it's based off of the area the name, but yeah,
1: cuz you know, when something is a little bit more generic, this is harkening back to trademark episodes, mm-hmm. but right. like usually it has to have some type of secondary meaning for it to for you to exclusively be able to use something that is just generic like that in a location. Like you can't trademark the name necessarily Chicago unless right. there's a secondary meaning for a specific use a purpose so. so
0: when you hear femchella dry do you think that did or your first thought was it um related to coachella to you did you think it? yeah was it would something?
2: and and uh, you know the foundation of trademark law is likelihood of confusion right you yeah. want we want we want consumers to, to be able just we want consumers to be able to understand that you know when i see this logo when i hear this name this is going to be this is going to be the source for it, mm-hmm. and so there's not any confusion. And I think Coachella being as Coachella, the music festival, right. yeah. being as big as it is, I think they have a lot of cachet in that name. They built a lot of brand recognition right. mm. in that name. And film, obviously, is still in the same realm of entertainment. So yeah. it's not inconceivable to think that they um, that film could be associated with Coachella, the music festival.
1: Yeah, and like you said, it's about that likelihood of confusion right. and identifying the source. And if people can't figure out yeah. where the source of a product or a service is coming from, and they start to get confused, that's when you need to be worried about who has the mark in use. And then right. subsequently, if someone has registered that mark, which I am sure Coachella has registered, this did mark. the uh,
2: did the founder of Filmchella say why he came, why he got why why he chose that name?
0: He didn't, but I'm pretty sure it was based off of Coachella. Coachella has an established name, you know, kind of
2: exactly. piggyback
0: <laughs> on the same thing. And right. I think both of you guys are right on point with the likelihood of confusion argument because the judge, that was the reasoning for um, denying the motion for summary judgment. It was interesting because the judge said a reasonable jury could find that there was no likelihood of confusion. But, you know, the late person, when I hear it, I think that it's, plausible um right.
1: yeah that was interesting that actually, was very because, interesting because because of the arguments that we just talked about yeah, but yeah. you know judges are people too and right. so sometimes their decisions are limited by not just their knowledge of the law but but their knowledge of popular culture yeah and sometimes they might not have it there's a disconnect there maybe to be like oh i don't see how these could be confused based off of the information so the
0: judge actually went on to say that the festivals are different from one another and there is no clear evidence that the festivals do or will compete directly with each other i don't know though i mean i've been to a film festival i used to work at a film festival um and so i think you know, you have music there. You have players. You might have some celebrities who are in film and in music. So I think it kind of, like you said, Gerard, intertwines. So what do you think about the judge saying that? You know, they're different.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a stretch. Yeah. I don't know. That's that that that's a stretch. Stretch for me because, like I said, film and music they kind of go together
0: mm-hmm.
2: hand in hand. And the fact that you know just hearing cella yeah nine times out of ten i think the general public is going to think about coachella mm-hmm. um and again but like you said i don't know the background of the judge i don't know if this judge is more like how how much they know about you know current climate and music mm-hmm. and how big festival culture is particularly coachella so that might have impacted his decision as well because it's different if you're just looking at it on the on paper and then also like Say you have a daughter that goes to Coachella, right? And so, like now, it so the judge may be coming, like literally, just looking at what he's seeing on paper. So he may not have the full context of how big the name is. So, what about okay? This is just me, um,
1: you know, giving you hypotheticals at this point. If there was an uh, organization out there and they were trying to start of a, a, a film festival about um, black hair, yeah, and what if they called it like? Afro-pump. Afro-fest. <laughs> afro, afro Afro-film-fest. Afro yeah. Like, you know, afro something playing off the something. word. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, playing off the word afro at the beginning and then yeah. putting, you know, the name of the, whatever they're trying to do, the demarcate the difference right after it. Yeah. Would you be like, uh, I don't know. Like, that's,
2: are you it playing It would be interesting it? because obviously, like, you know, I don't think, Anyone has afro, yeah. Just like has the right to just use afro in combination,
1: though. Like you know, trying to.
0: What if it was afro pick? Afro- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because okay, so
1: you, you know, there's just. But what, but what
2: would they be? But they, but it would be a hair. But it's like a hair. It's like
1: a hair. But so if they, are what if they're like the actual logo, the the mark. The visual version of the mark not just right. the word mark right what if it was like sort of the same lettering yeah and like the same colors yeah and they just i don't know maybe they crossed out the yeah. uh u and the n and maybe put like a, I and a see that at that
2: point that's there. probably too close and i know the yeah. trademark office has a number of factors that they look at so they look at um obviously how something the word just on page on paper or the word of the logo how it sounds,
0: yeah.
2: Um, the spelling, the font. So once you start going through those number of factors, if if you know you're checking them off, I think you're probably going to be get too close. In addition to you know what type of field you're in. So if you're talking about it's another music festival that's doing that, that's pretty easy. What you it's like about, again? What my if it's theory, a film? Film it's is probably going to be it's pretty a close. Film,
1: black film festival around like hair or something. Whatever. So.
0: A combination of curl fest and afropunk mixed together. Yeah. All these musical performances. You have hair vendors. You have <laughs> yeah. all the same. Those are the same target yeah. audiences for both. Of See, us I think that models. would be. Yeah.
2: I think that would be. I think that would be too close. And I think that, um, particularly, like looking at the, the the font and like you know the logo and like that's pretty close. I think that's. I think at that point that's probably too close to what what I think afropunk would be is a, an established mark. And I have actually seen some other people try to like piggyback it's usually smaller stuff and it usually happens around the brooklyn festival where people may have some type of like afro something else but it's pretty clear that they're trying to take a little bit of steam off of the festival and usually there's not any any pushback Mm -hmm. um one thing i would definitely say about trademarks and i think this is probably the struggle between like lawyers who probably fall more on like type a and creatives who probably probably fall more to a type b Mm -hmm. is sometimes people bring Application to you for certain names, and it's like, right? You gotta have a more <laughs> distinct name. Like, yes I'm just gonna throw out an example that I can think of in the past, like New Vision. Yeah, come on, like that is how like you cannot get more simple than it. so the names really do need to be distinct. Your logo needs to be distinct, um and the examples that y'all are using, I think sometimes the reason why people even pick those names that are close is because if you're being honest, you're trying to take a little bit of steam off yeah. of the. You know, from Coachella, you want you want you want that association, but you don't want them to come back and basically be like, hey, you can't use that mark because it's too close to what we've already what we already had.
1: Yeah. All right, so face in face. the
0: <laughs> Femchella and Coachella situation, um they were supposed to go to trial um, within this month, but they reached a settlement and of course we know settlements are private, but some yes. money um, changed hands. Exactly. Right. Sam's he agreed not to use Femchella for his festival and he will transfer The domain name to Coachella, so maybe Coachella will get in the film space now, which is interesting.
1: The the last portion, the domain name to Coachella, because I didn't realize this, but domain names are governed by like a different set of rules than like regular trademark, correct? Right. Um, And even though like there's use some trademark principles, yeah. There's really it's like I was just researching something recently, and I was just like, oh, this is so interesting.
2: So. But that guy might actually he. I mean, that's probably a come up for him though because yeah, no, if no, all no. he did, if all he did was file the trademark and then he has this back and forth with um, with Coachella. Coach, with Coachella, but then the the judge basically and I guess the trademark office basically backs him up. That's a that's a and then and then he has yeah. to settle. Now mm-hmm. all he has to do is just, okay, well, I can still do my film festival. I just changed have to name it. It he did. something else. He, and has, I got he
0: changed the name and I purposely did not put the name in here because we're not giving that much free <laughs> promo. <laughs> but um, yeah, so y'all got a little bit of trademark law on that. um So we had Afropunk Brooklyn. We had Afropunk Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta did... Paris happened yet?
2: Paris has happened, and London has happened already too. Okay, so Berg is what's Joburg, left for the. Joe Berg is left. Um, I believe the final announcement should be coming in the next week as far as like the, the actual lineup. lineup. But uh, I'm very excited about it. And I was just thinking about you guys talking about how some of these festivals have become these kind of like culture points. Yeah. yeah. And I was at a uh, at an event on Thursday night, and I ended up meeting two people who were from. Cape Town. And I went up and I just started talking to them and I just mentioned Afropunk and I could just see their eyes just like light up and it was this touch point for me to talk about just my last trip to South Africa in general and all these different things. But, you know, I don't know if you get that. I don't know if every festival has that same type of like has that same type of like culture like gravitas to it like connecting people like like, like, like connect like connecting people like that and afropunk definitely has and it was the same when i went to the paris festival two years ago it was the same way like meeting people over there and it was like you end up building these connections with people from like north africa south africa like all all these different places and again it's just coming around this festival but you're learning about all this different stuff basically from what's essentially like a music festival yeah it has these like antennas into all these different I think other people areas
0: are very connected to culture and learning about the culture that was lost and just exactly. becoming one and making it a safe place for all of us um, people of color. So with that, please vote. Uh, well, <laughs> and also yes.
1: before we talk about like voting straight up, is there any plans to potentially incorporate? Well, I guess we're sort of at the end of it, but mm. maybe in future uh, festival AfroPunks to incorporate like voter registration.
2: Actually, that? there was, there was, okay. um, there was, there was in 2016, and there was stuff last year. I don't remember if, but they actually do a lot of, they do yeah. a lot of political engagement
1: because um, it's really big. So it's, you know, yeah. I mean, I've been to AfroPunks several times, but sometimes you don't see everything that's going on at the festival. So yeah. it's I'm usually along
2: curious. activism, activism row. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot mm-hmm. of different tents, so there usually is. Someone um, registering uh, people to vote, and then also you get some engagement from some of the politicians in the city. Like I know, I think the Blasio came and spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, Tish James has come and and spoke as well too. So she's, she's running um, for election for attorney general. General, general. yeah, yes. Yeah, so that for those who
1: are in New York, New York State, New York State elections are coming up.
2: And, and remember, you can actually look at a sample ballot, which I'm yes. almost ashamed to admit I did for the first time for mm. our upcoming election because you get in there and then, like, you know the people at the top of the ballot and then now are people no like, oh, now. judges? Yeah. So I actually have gone and looked at, like, what a sample ballot is just so I can know something about some of the, the other people. Right. And it's
1: actually, that's such a good point because I didn't know this until I moved here. I don't know if you voted in Desiree or Gerard, you definitely mm-hmm. have, but voting here in New York, they have something that's very unique and weird in that you could have a candidate running for a position for multiple parties. And so Mm -hmm. you have to remember to market like In the appropriate party as well, you can vote for a candidate in whatever party. Right, you can see a candidate's name appear several times under multiple parties. That is very unique. That is usually you you run with a single party. Would be
2: like Democrat or like Working Families or something. Yes, I I didn't know. And
1: so, just again, like Gerard said, you can go look at a sample ballot in your state and get a good sense because it could be a little stressful because. You sort of feel like, okay, these are the main people: senator, whatever, governor, and then you get down to like your like alderman, or you get down to who's going to represent your borough or your county, school
2: board. Those are things
1: that you don't have to do like a ton of research to get a good sense of, like, okay, this person is completely against the things that I stand for, Mm -hmm. and so you know, just and those positions are
2: probably actually. Affect most Americans on way more than the top of the ballot one hundred percent
1: that is yeah. so correct like yeah. the local elections are affecting your day to day life more than probably the, the presidential president, elections yeah. if we're going to be quiet and that's not to say don't vote in the presidential election please don't right. take it as that right. what I'm saying is that it should be just as important to you across the board yeah. but especially so because the people. And your community are affected most yeah. by the people who are. I'm gonna local. be honest,
2: man. I just read this Billboard article with uh, Jay Cole. My mom's gonna be she gonna be mad when she <laughs> hears this. But I was a little. He said he didn't vote in uh, in 2016, I and I know it was another tweet. people that. I was a little disappointed in that, mm-hmm. just because I know one just how smart he is. Yeah, and then two, like I think we put so much emphasis on just like the Trump versus Hillary. And you ignore all the other, like, representatives, the down ballot stuff. And I'm just like, even if you weren't feeling that race or, like, you weren't comfortable voting for someone there, I think all the other down ballot stuff is extremely important.
1: Oh, my God. Florida. Florida. They have a huge initiative to bring back voting rights for people who have been convicted of felonies and have served their time. Yep. And so they can vote again. Right now, they cannot vote again. But that's exactly it's an example across... Sometimes you're not voting on politicians or people to represent you. Sometimes you're just voting on initiatives. Yeah. Like the legalization of weed. Also true.
2: I don't know if that's (laughs) going to be on the... I don't know if that's on the ballot for New York City. City?
1: It's not. Not I'm just saying sometimes that is the case. It's you're voting on things more than just who do you want in the Senate. Sometimes it's like cannabis legalization. And so it's like just remember that. Go look at your ballots. Get that sample on there. There's probably bound to be at least one thing you care about on there. So
0: And then with cannabis legalization, y'all have to continue to follow to make them push bills to free people who are in jail for marijuana crimes. So California is doing a really Great job at that. And that's my home state and where I'm registered to vote. So make sure y'all vote. But before we get out of here, I just want to do one last update. Somebody that's close to my heart, we have an update on the Tupac Shakur estate. So um it's
1: like do you remember that episode? That was Y'all Pac- better
0: listen to that Tupac episode. It was
1: literally just called the Tupac episode. I let my
0: parents hear that and I was cursing and I was passionate, but you know what? They were like, okay, they appreciate it because they damn with Pac too.
1: So before her untimely death, Phoenix Shakur, you know, Tupac's mom was fighting for her son, the late and great, Tupac Shakur. In 2013, Afina was the administrator of Tupac's estate and sued Entertainment One for unpaid royalties and to get a bunch of unreleased master recordings her son had made.
0: Entertainment One is a record label that has an exclusive distribution deal with Suge Knight's Death World Records. Um, And that is the label that Tupac was signed to. I did some research on Entertainment One today. It was a lot of surprising things that I was like, you know what? For safety purposes, let me not dive into them. Yes. But we, well, we should talk about this offline. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, it's a large company. So even though um, Afeni Shakur passed away, the lawsuit continued and the Shakur estate finally got a victory.
1: So just this week, the state of Tupac Shakur won the rights and ownership to some of his masters. So not quite all of them, but enough to make a
0: difference. Yes, so this is huge and huge for all of us Tupac fans out there. You can anticipate a new album um, in the future. And, you know, some of us represent artists. So owning your masters is so important. And the conspiracy theorists and a lot of people say these are why this is why people like Michael Jackson, Prince and Tupac end up dying because they were fighting for their masters around the time of their death. So... (laughs) Do it, is it, it is important yeah. it is it
2: is important it cannot be it cannot be stressed enough and what i've been noticing in some of the recording and just kind of music agreements i've been seeing is because so many of these brands are now content heavy which includes the music they're kind of pre- Positioning a couple of these deals where they're trying to acquire the masters to Mm -hmm. a lot of the music, and I and I've had to tell some people flat out, I'm like, listen, you got to understand, this is this is this is huge. You know, you may be thinking like this song or like this album is not as important today, but literally, this is masters are the thing that you leave to your kids or your offspring. Like you know, your your heirs. That's your estate. Your estate. That's that's a large part of your estate, and I think we've kind of seen um you know with the untimely deaths of a couple people like aretha franklin yeah right obviously like prince you know that's those those masters are worth a lot of money and i can only imagine tupac as right. well too so you know what i'm um,
1: surprised with though speaking of people trying to get back their masters i'm not gonna say his name because he's irked my soul to the nth degree but I'll mr uh, i'm just gonna call him mr <laughs> kardashian. <laughs> I kardashian i knew it i west um I didn't realize that he didn't own his master. Yeah, he
0: went on a rant earlier this week. Yeah, he's trying yeah. to buy well, them back. That. Yeah, From it, Sony ATV. Sony
1: ATV. I was I was sort of shocked oh. to hear that.
2: He might have signed wasn't what did he cuz I I didn't see the story but was that a publishing does a publishing a deal recently? Okay, when so he signed, signed over his master. Okay. So he signed it away. Yeah, so, so
1: I was I was first even as someone who you think is sort of no, regardless of what you think. He is very creative. He's yeah. yeah he's leads above a lot of people in the industry right now in terms of his music creativity. Right. For him to feel so strongly about all of his music and passionate about it for him not to have his master's but I think freedom. that's a
0: lack of education in the beginning and yeah. not having the right people or people who know you know right. when you're new in the industry you're trying to get in you see this right. um, check that you'll get up front and you don't really know so right you know, old Kanye probably
2: didn't know Sony ATV is a big is a big publishing company, so that may have been a deal where right. you know he sold those rights to them, and now he's trying to reacquire, which yeah. is a, which is a big thing too. Is that even if you're going to sign them away, always being able to have the right revert back. back to you at some point mm-hmm. is is huge. Yeah.
0: All right, so that is it for us. Thank you, Gerard, for coming on. Thank you for um, having. Me. Thank you so much. <laughs> I just Great want sense. y'all to pay attention to the roles for you, Instagram, because, you know, we can't leave out of here without saying something about Beyonce. <laughs> and so, you
1: know, I was doing a little research and there, did you see the most recent post? This is like a an actual Instagram account we're talking about. Yes, It looks like Kelly.
0: You know, people were saying it might be Kelly and she's you know beyonce is kind of promoting it i'm gonna be disappointed if that's what it is but i love you kelly girl like you know it
1: could be you know like beyonce is like the executive producer or something you know
0: maybe she signed to parkwood now or something yeah i
1: don't know maybe she's flexing (laughs) but anyway pay attention because i think kelly has new music yeah she does um solange has new music coming
0: out beyonce Uh, better have a solo album coming out
1: if she does it won't be till next year so don't Get your hopes up. And you know what? I'm fine with her taking her time because we, like, I want this next thing to be like, if you don't give her every Grammy and every category, you're going to look crazy.
0: She needs a Tony. She needs it, everything. I to you can't use that
2: as a stat, though. We got we we got to get to a place where it's like, we appreciate the Grammys. That's what I'm saying. But we yeah. shouldn't use them as a barometer. My point for is it.
1: that I want it to be so... So just undeniable, undeniable yeah. such a force of culture and work. And I mean, the last I, well, the last I, 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 one was, was undeniable, undeniable. But, and then I wanted to not show up to the Grammys.
0: <laughs>
1: That's what I. Want. She not? Okay.
0: They played her and Jay nominated him yeah, exactly. for eight and didn't give I
1: don't want them, they I don't want her to show up until yeah. they give her a proper due because you yeah. can't have the people leading the culture right. showing up. Yeah, I'm not gonna say like shucking and jiving, but. Like, having them perform so you can get viewers and not respecting the thing that has them in the room, which is the culture that they created. Right. And I just feel like we're at the place where people don't even have to go to the Grammys anymore. Like... And Drake of,
0: giving them out on his Instagram. And, like,
1: <laughs> you know, I have a history with the Grammys and I support what they stand for in their mission. But I also know they have work to do. And the work is not done, nor is it... Close to be All that. right
0: So we're putting our hat in To join the Grammy board <laughs> Absolutely. as Absolutely
1: <well. laughs> Neil you got my number
0: <laughs> So With that said Let Gerard Tell you guys What he has been up to what's, what's going, going on, on with you? Coming
1: what's, looks What's coming up for you. In What's near coming future, up? Size um, like fall and
2: <laughs> Pumpkin patches and stuff. Going sweaters. to uh working on the Johannesburg festival right now. Right. Okay. Um as you can imagine like an international festival always has a little extra wrinkles to it as opposed to like Brooklyn and Atlanta Brooklyn and Atlanta. Yes. Because of the logistics but um it's it's been going it's been going well and i'm actually one thing that i like about the festival is like getting the chance the second time around to like even what can we improve on the last time that we did it so like i said it was you know the first one was a year ago or a little over a little under a year ago so um looking forward to um seeing how we build on that and then actually attending the festival too as well so me and my my wife will be going to the johannesburg festival um, actually bringing some friends this time too. I know I know Desiree was in Kenya last time, yeah. but bringing some friends uh, this time as well. So very much looking forward, looking forward to that. And also speaking at um, Syracuse at the, how do you pronounce it? Brandier, brandier. their um their their music school. Which is pretty cool because, like, I always see their their school being promoted right. in, uh, in in Billboard magazine. So yeah. I'm excited, and the fact that it's part of the school that my wife went to, Newhouse. No. So that's nice. That's I got a little one up there. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. But.
0: All right. So we Wait. have a lot of great updates from Derod. And your eye also, on.
2: I have to
1: keep mentioning it because we worked so hard to get to this point. You should be listening to this on Spotify, but if you are not, we are Mm -hmm. available on Spotify. Actually, listen to it wherever you can. But (laughs) Not not to say, listen to it wherever you want to listen to podcasts, but I just want to say we're available on Spotify. Spotify. But as usual, we are also still available on Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts. I think they have a newish podcast app that they rolled out last summer. We are on Stitcher, TuneIn, Pocket Cast. We're all over the place, and we're just growing and doing big tings, as we didn't say. <laughs> big tings, um, Barbie tings. No, I'm y- not a
0: bar. Yep, yes he is. <laughs> all right. And so remember, <laughs> we are not your, your attorneys. attorneys.